What's up, podcast, The Foul Life. Today's episode is a Jargon Game Calls Presents episode. Jargon, keep talking. Our new Mega Four Duck Call is insane. You a Canada goose hunter like what we're chasing up here straight out of New York. That's where we're coming at you on today's episode. We got the wrecking ball. We got the crazy train. We're chasing these molt migrators. They're leaving Ottawa up in Canada. They're not flying too far. We're cutting them out of the air. I'm telling you, they're a mile high. This is absolutely the most fun I've ever had hunting Canada geese. These molt migrators are exciting, but the wrecking ball, the crazy train are tearing it up up here. JargonGameCalls.com. Keep talking. We love our duck call designs, our goose call designs, short read can of goose calls, soon to be specs. And of course, we got our turkey call line, the fan favorite series, our box calls, our slate and pot calls, all of our mouth diaphragm calls. Check them out and get ready for spring of 2023. It won't be long until it's here. But for now, we're enjoying these molt migrators in upstate New York in September. And today's episode, we're going to recap the Wisconsin Waterfowl Expo. We got my man, my main man, Joel Cleefish. You know him from the Midwest series for the the Foul Life podcast, the Midwest edition. He's an unbelievable goose guru, especially when it comes to cooking these critters. But today we're going to recap an event that Joel headed up for us and managed the Wisconsin Waterfowl Expo that was held in late August. It was a huge success. Congratulations to the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association for another great year. It's only year two. We're going to be back as the title sponsor in 2023. I suggest y'all get up to Madison, Wisconsin. Excuse me, it's actually in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where the expo is held. We're recapping it today. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast, besides Jargon Game Calls, it's also brought to you by Sig Sauer. We love Sig Sauer. We believe in our Second Amendment rights, protecting our family, protecting ours, our homes, our communities. It's not a joke. You got to take responsibility. You have to respect your weapon. You have to understand what it's used for. We do not take it for granted. We love to hunt. We love to fish. We love to cook wild game. We love to party. We love to have fun. We love to get serious. We love to visit different parts of our country in Canada, South America, in Europe, and all over the world, all the different countries on the continent of Africa. We couldn't do this if we didn't protect ourselves. I promise you, Sig Sauer believes in the culture of the outdoorsman. They believe in the hunter, the fisher, the conservationist, the provider. And that's why we've teamed up with Sig Sauer. Their handguns are second to none. We're proud to be part of their family. We'll be up in the northeast part of our country soon visiting them. Sig Sauer is the baddest ass company. I'm telling you guys, their innovation, their design, their guns are awesome. We've been shooting them nonstop in our training classes. We have a ton of footage for YouTube coming out, training with police departments and military personnel. We want to be the most precise marksman we can be with our safety, with our handling, with our fundamentals of handgun shooting. And we truly believe in everything that we've learned from guys like Houston Shaw and Jared Woodward. You know that the podcast is here. The series is Sig Sauer's Peace of Mind. You can hear it here every week or every two weeks right here at the Foul Life Podcast. Thank you, Sig Sauer, for everything you do. Thank you, Jargon Game Calls. This episode of the Foul Life Podcast is also brought to you by Four Wheel Parts. For all of your four-wheel drive needs, check out fourwheelparts.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by rigid industries own the night everything is better in the light i'm telling you we've been setting up decoys at 4 30 in the morning every morning up here in new york and having our rigid light bars on the sides of our trailers on our utvs on our bodyguard bumpers on our trucks it's an amazing product an amazing brand the innovation is unparalleled today's episode of the podcast you just heard me mentioned is also brought to you by the malacote family out of paris texas bodyguard bumpers check them out front bumpers rear 
bumpers, all of your step ups, all of your running boards, their design, their innovation again, all of their all of their fabrication, their welding. They are unbelievably put together and built and designed in Paris, Texas, made in the USA out of necessity. The Malakote family is just they're breaking every rule when it comes to innovation and cutting edge performance and bumpers. They got more products coming for 2023. You'll be able to find their booth at the 2022 SEMA show November 1st through the 4th in the wonderful Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Chad Belding. This is the Foul Life Podcast. We're going to recap the Wisconsin Waterfowl Expo with my main man, Joel Cleefish, brought to you by Jargon Game Calls. Keep talking. I hope you all enjoy it. Thank you. That's a nice looking rig, ain't it? Yeah. Got, mine says Chad Belding on it. How come that one doesn't say Chad Belding? The Foul Life with Chad Belding? Yeah. Oh, you probably intentionally got that one. Just so you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. We're, uh, we're talking with Joel. He's up in camp with us. He flew in from, uh, where'd you fly in from, Madison? Milwaukee. Oh, you went over to Milwaukee. Yeah. The home of Bob Euchre. That's right. Oh, who gives a shit? Nobody's listening anyway. Come on. Huh? Come Bob on. Euchre. Remember his famous line in Major League? Yeah. Ah, nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> Freaking unbelievable. The best baseball legend, movie ever man. made. The He's best baseball. I was in that movie. Harry Doyle. I was in that movie. You're in the movie as yes. a fan? An extra? Yeah. We're gonna have well, to I was see supposed you. to be a hot dog vendor, and then they cut cut that part out. So get your hot dogs, yeah. get your peanuts. Um, I love that movie. It's Bob a Uecker. great movie. Oh, Charlie Sheen, Wesley Just Snipes. Just a bit outside. Tried, Tried the, corner the corner and missed. missed. Vaughn has successfully walked the bases loaded on twelve straight pitches. <laughs> what league you been playing in, son? California Penal. I don't know about you, but we wear caps and sleeves. <laughs> nice fastball. Sounded like it. Better teach this kid some control before he kills somebody. <laughs> Wesley Snipes, Todd Barringer, Corbin Burnson, Charlie Sheen. I don't know. Uh, I got a guy on the other line about some white walls. I can't think of that guy's name, that actor, the coach. Pete Vukovic was Pete Vukovic was the Mariners yeah. or the Brewers' first baseman at one time. That's right. He's the guy that's playing for the Yankees that uh, asked Wesley Snipes if uh, he picks him off at first. Um yeah. Who else is in that movie? Bob Euchre. Oh, what a great! They got, big ones. they got chili dogs over there. Did you ever read cover? Did you ever read Moby Dick, babe? Cover to cover. Remember that when they're in the French restaurant? <laughs> Charlie Sheen's like, they got chili dogs over there. Tom Berenger's like, I'll order for us. Anyway, we're getting off on another movie. I love, I love Major League. Then they made part two and three and eh, whatever. But we're talking about Milwaukee. We're talking about Wisconsin. We're talking about the 2022 Waterfowl Expo that was held in what city now? Oshkosh. Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. It happens in August every year. This was the second year of it. It's a one-day event. And we had Jargon, the provider of the Foul Life there with Team Wisconsin. Joel headed that up with Dave Nelson and Kara and a bunch of our friends that uh, Ian and everybody from the crew, the Wisconsin team. Um, it looked like a great event. It was I can't believe that it's only two years old because it, I mean, for a basic event that it's got a re it really tells you how excited people in Wisconsin and in the Midwest are about waterfall hunting. I mean, it was jam packed. I mean, they put thousands of people through the door on a one day event and everybody who was there was excited to see the new products, excited to buy, excited to learn. I mean, you know, we had Dave Nelson there, who's a former state champion goose caller. Mark Kakich, former state champion duck caller, uh, was one of the organizers of the event. Uh, close friend of mine helped us out. You could go there and, and learn about any boat, 
any dog training facility, any call, and get advice from an expert on how to use the products that you're going to be using in the field, which made it really cool. Um, we went through, you know, dozens and dozens of provider rubs. People were excited, sold out of the cookbooks. You and Mendez have the cookbook, the provider cookbook. People were eating it up. I mean, we were sold out of that thing a couple hours into the show. We sold all of them. They were so jacked about being able to get the hands-on uh, that the expo offered. And they're already thinking about making it a two-day event next year because it was so successful. And the people there, I mean, there was a, just a smile on everybody's face. They're there because they want to get out in the field and they want to know, you know, the best way or the, the latest way to do it. And that expo really impressed me. I, It surpassed my expectations. Was it consistent foot traffic all day? Absolutely. I mean, it, it started getting rainy toward the last half hour and, and traffic slowed down just a little bit, but all day long. I mean, they have the state champion uh, goose calling competition there. They have the state champion duck calling competition there. And it's not just in the Expo Center. I mean, the Expo Center was filled with vendors. I mean, you, there was nowhere to go that didn't have a vendor. And I really liked it because they gave the vendors a decent amount of space so they could set up whatever they wanted to. You, you didn't feel cramped, but you still felt like there was everything thing you wanted to talk about in the outdoor outdoors they had uh barns that had some of the outdoor vendors i mean they put the outdoor clothing vendors on the outside and they had the calling contest uh under uh, a barn and that was fantastic and you could go watch the calling contest they had a main stage where they had a, a different demonstration from somebody every hour uh, and you could go see you know calling calling demonstrations cooking demonstrations um, outfitting demonstrations, dog training demonstrations. It really was impressive. Uh, Todd Schaller, the former uh, DNR chief warden, who you've heard on the Fall Life podcast with Midwest series before, he was there, one of the organizers of the event. Mark Hackich was one of the organizers. So it was like going there, you got face-to-face -face and person-to-person -person with experts in the field. Um, and it was just it was a great experience. It was really fun to be a part of. I mean, my feet were tired at the end of that show. There was no sitting down. No, I did not no sit down for nine hours straight. A lot of kids. ton of kids. But you know what was also really cool? I mean, you know, I, I get to run around with a lot of these, a lot of younger folks who waterfall hunt, 25 to 30, even sometimes younger. And we take out a lot of young kids who are just starting in it, which is a really exciting aspect of the sport. And we hunt hard, you know, four, five, six days a week. But one of the cool things about the expo was you really learned that it is a cross-generational activity. It's a cross-generational passion. And there were old timers there, you know, who, who had been waterfowl hunting for 50 years. We had a, there was a, a 93 year old guy there uh, who, who sits in his blind. And I think sometimes, you know, cause some, the younger kids who are coming into it, I mean, they're hitting the fields more often uh, with probably more rigor and sometimes you forget that this is really cross-generational a cross-generational sport and activity and it was neat to see you know some of the old timers talking to the young kids about the the, the old goose calls they used to blow the, the old wooden goose calls and the flutes versus the short reeds and the acrylics and having experts in everything across the gamut was probably the coolest thing about it was there um was there pretty good female is there uh, do you start to see more girls getting in in those northern states deer hunting's prevalent up there 
660,000 or something deer hunters on opening rifles right. day last year in Wisconsin when we were there. Um, do you see a lot of women getting fired up about waterfowling in that part of the country? Oh, for sure. First off, nationwide, women ages 18 to 35 is the fastest growing group of new hunters per capita. So countrywide, um, women hunters are by far the exploding fastest group of new hunters. And what a lot of people don't realize is per capita, per person, Wisconsin kills more Canada geese than any other state in the country. And, you know, we've got the Mississippi Flyway on one side and we've got the Great Lakes on the other. And more um, inland lakes, you know, more than 10,000 inland lakes. And Minnesota's next to us with 10,000 inland lakes right on their license plate. So what, what's happening is when you have goose hunting, that's so good. And Wisconsin goose hunting, Canada goose, we, we shoot the jumbos there. It is so good. And when you have a burgeoning population of women, uh, young women uh, to uh, middle-aged women to even older women who are trying hunting for the first time, they're going to be drawn to what they see as successful. And in Wisconsin, goose hunting is successful. I mean, the stats tell the story. The proof is in the pudding. We kill more Canada geese per person in Wisconsin than any other state in the country. I was thrilled. I'm, I love seeing interest, um, you know, from from women who are getting into the sport or they have questions about the sport. Because when you go to an expo, one of the things that makes it comfortable for people is the fact that you're not afraid to ask a question. Oftentimes I find with new hunters or less experienced hunters, and I was that not all that long ago in my life, you're afraid to ask because you don't want to be embarrassed by asking a question. When you have an expo like this with everyone from novice all the way through to advanced, you're not afraid to ask a question. And there's so many questions about blowing calls. We saw people who had never blown a goose call before. There's goose, you know, there's goose and duck hunters who don't own calls. I know. They're in the field. They scout and they sit, you know, at the corner of a pond or throw a few decoys out and they don't own, call. I mean, there, there are hunters I, I learned at this expo that didn't have never blown a call before. So to see somebody get interested in, in something new, that's an aspect of hunting and, and that technology, comp, you know, continues to improve. The Mojos have got so many different options, for example, now that didn't exist 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and everything was at the expo. And that was the cool part about it. Do you think that the, the, um, the mixture of the booth was a success of the, the overall of, you know, you got the culture of duck hunting with the foul life. Then you have the game calling part of it with jargon. Then you have the, the wild game cooking and preparation with the provider. You were cooking some recipes there. You're selling the rubs. Do you think them tasting the meats that you're cooking, the dishes and the recipes you were preparing had a lot to do with the, the way they acted and, and started purchasing the rubs? <laughs> no doubt about it. That was hands down the biggest difference because I was really curious to see if people would be mostly drawn to the jargon calls or drawn to the provider rubs and spices and the cookbooks, or if they'd be drawn to the apparel that we had, the foul life apparel with, you know, cool hoodies and t-shirts and, and stuff. And, you know, we had a dog at our stand, which drew some people over. But what I started doing, I had cooked, I think I cooked close to 20 pounds of Canada goose the day before so that I could have it there in a big Nesco to make the recipes for the cooking demonstration. And we were out there. I, I, we were there probably working for about an hour. I was curious to see which thing would draw the most people. And honestly, they were drawn to all three of the main 
things that we were provided or, or showing people or selling at the booth. But I went into the back and I pulled a box of plastic forks out and started doing little servings of the goose and letting people use whatever spice they wanted from the provider spices and rubs and put it on it. And I'll tell you, once you put something in someone's hand and they taste it and they say, wild game can taste like this, wild goose can taste like this, they're sold. They're 100% sold. Big time. They can't walk away without buying they a spice They almost don't believe that it's, or, it's all, they, you have to prove to them that it's Canada goose. Well... Yeah, I mean everybody, all the you know all the guys who volunteered, Jay and Kara and 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 Dave Nelson, the, the great staff that we had there, they all eat you know the wild game because I cook it and I bring it to the hunts a lot, and so they're like they were literally vouching for it because there were people who came up and tried it and they didn't believe it was Canada goose because you always hear oh Canada goose is gross and that that's just a wrong assertion. Everybody says that. I know they're just wrong. It's just all in the way you cook it and. When people tried it, we sold out of the cookbook so early because I just kept paging through showing people, hey, look at this. This takes 10 minutes. This takes 15 minutes. This is not a, a difficult recipe. This is not a high, a long preparation recipe. And when people get their eyes on it and then they get to taste it and think, I could do that at home. I've shot these Canada geese before and I've struggled to, to, to get through them. I say, it's, it's right here. You just make it like this. You're good to go. And... It's so good. So what good. were the recipes you did? I did uh, Mitchell Khan style street tacos. I did the pulled goose barbecue sandwiches. And I did uh, pulled goose gyros. Because uh, w- once you have the pulled, pulled goose, and we talked about on a provider uh, previous provider podcast, when you have the pulled goose, you can take it in any direction you want with what seasoning you add to it. So when you add your oregano and garlic to it, you're going to have kind of a Greek-based taste. But the key to a gyro, a key to a good gyro is a good tzatziki sauce. And people always, you know, you know it's like hummus and tzatziki sauce. People try to overcomplicate them. They really try to overcomplicate both of those things. A tzatziki sauce that's going to give you the most, the biggest bang for your buck on the flavor you're adding it to. So tzatziki sauce, some people call it yogurt sauce or cucumber sauce. It's that sauce when you get a gyro sandwich, right? It's, and people will, they'll add salt to it or they'll add flavors to it and it becomes overwhelming. And when it is meant to enhance the flavor of the sandwich, not become the flavor of the sandwich. Right. Um, is it, is it one of those things to where when you're, when you're in that environment and people are walking through and they're, they're trying the, the meat like that, do you think that backing people in to this, oh, is that a cold bush light? It is a cold bush light. That's a cold bush light. I can see that. Which brings me to the sponsor of today's episode of the Fat Life Podcast. Provider, finish what you started. You know we love Jack Daniels, our title sponsor of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. We got a lot of stuff going on with Jack Daniels, Lynchburg, Tennessee. And now we got a lot of stuff going on with Bush Latte. Bush Latte. This is a good beer. And they support the outdoors. I love uh, Bush N.A. I drink Bush I, I know. Bush when we were in Minnesota, you had a non-alcoholic Bush N.A. Yeah. Bush N.A. This is Bush Latte. Bush Light. I don't even know. I, I Thinking back, I don't even know if Bush N.A. is Bush Light N.A. or just Bush N.A. I think it's just Bush. 
Maybe it is. Maybe it's they have bush light though. in, eh? It's pretty good. Today's episode of the Fat Life Podcast is brought to you by Anheuser-Busch. Bush light, bush latte, bush beers. They're all over. You go to anywhere in the Midwest now, Mississippi Flyway, to the Dakotas, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska, even out west now. Bush is taking over for the dirt roads. The dirt road anthem is Bush, Bush Light. Thank you for supporting hunting and fishing and conservation and the provider mentality. We love pairing it with a lot of these recipes Joel's talking about. But what I'm talking about before I got that cold beer handed to me, that was not planned. <laughs> that was really organic that's just how good jack is um he when you back somebody in to the mentality of killing an animal everybody's like i eat hamburgers i eat a steak i eat chicken i eat a pork chop okay well if you went to a slaughterhouse in kansas and watch how they slaughter your steer okay lord help you you go to a chicken slaughter lord help you you got an elk that lives his best life in the Rocky Mountains and then takes an arrow or a 300 wind mag or a 270 short mag or a 30-06 through the lungs and the heart. He's dead like that. And then you have this hunter that's going to go and become a butcher and then a processor and then a chef, right? Like there's nothing better than hunting and living off the land. But my question to you, Joel Clayfish, is when you have that those all those goose recipes sitting there and people are walking by, I think it's a great way to back people in to the to the lifestyle when they taste it and they're like, Oh, I saw this a lot through the pandemic when people were running out of meat and my friends that don't hunt, which aren't many, um, came over to dinner or they wanted to borrow some meat. They're like, well, where did you get that? How did you get that? A lot of questions being asked. I think it's a great way to start the conversation and the process of getting new hunters involved. No doubt about that. It, what you just described, I've had that conversation with so many people. I have literally talked to people, you, you know, you, you have a gamut of people in your life and some of them are non-hunters and some of them are anti-hunting. I have never had a conversation with someone who's an anti-hunter meat eater, someone who's not a vegan or not a vegetarian. I've never had a conversation with them where you explain that when you are hunting wild game, it's living a free life its entire life and then one day uh gets whacked and you're eating it on the table whereas domestic meat is born to live in a confined space to be slaughtered to become meat uh for your dinner table and i want to be clear i have no problem with that whatsoever but when you explain hunting in the full circle way like that, I really have not run into anybody who can logically oppose the harvest of wild what game could and they putting say? it on a, a dinner table. What could they say? It's not crazy much. to me that people are like, you're Bambi killer. Well, are you kidding me? Like at one, at one report I read in an in interview I heard from a celebrity that lives up in upstate New York, lives around the Finger Lakes. Um, he hates deer. And they ask him why. Well, they eat all my apples and my trees. They went through my grandma's windshield. They're getting hit by cars all the time in my neighborhood. Well, that's because they're not being managed the right way. That's right. That's where hunting comes in. That's right. Right? And then they want to bitch about it and they want to get rid of them. But then they want to be anti-hunting. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Complete contradiction of philosophy. And then the other ones that say, well, we love animals. You shouldn't kill them. Well, 
Do you know why you get to see all these beautiful animals? Do you know why there's more turkeys in the country than there ever has been and more ducks in the flyway and geese in the flyways and elk on the mountain? Do you know why there's more rabbits around? Do you know what? Because of farming and because of conservation efforts and because of conservation organizations and because of hunters. Hunters are the ultimate conservationists, right? No so, question. so I think that, that that whole conversation around food and it, it's it's probably being had around expos a lot when people are coming and they're interested, they're curious. Um, it's one of those things to where I I think that it's a great way to get people involved. We put your knee down. I can't see your face. What are you doing over there? <laughs> what? <laughs> Jack, will you please I'm come? Lounging. Get, will you please come get control of this guy? Very enjoyable environment Jeez, here in Upstate Like he's over New there York. getting a pedicure. <laughs> you know, a lot. I couldn't tell what he was doing. <laughs> There's a lot bad that came from COVID. A lot. COVID was horrible. But a lot good in that sense. Getting there was some really good in that. I think what happened was that philosophies from both sides of the spectrum ended up bending around and meeting each other. We started seeing shortages of meat and we started seeing more people moving toward organic eating. Well, what is the most organic form of eating? It's wild game. And I think that it was a, a time to really grow the interest yeah. in the sporting heritage and the conservation aspect of hunting and the field to table aspect of hunting, the provider lifestyle. For me, there's nothing I get as excited, the hair on my arm stands up when I'm cooking something that was in the field the morning that I'm cooking it or the day before, and I'm going to put that on the table and it's going to literally be nourishment for my family. There are very few things that are as satisfying as that. And, and I think that I think that it's got to get more normalized. Our, our society and community has to do a better job of normalizing it because it's not bad. It is not disrespectful to animals. Even when you start talking about predator management and you start talking about pre, uh, you know, habitat management or population management of wild game, people have to start understanding that you need to vote and think with science and not your emotions. You can't think that we're killing Bambi because of a movie made by a weird company. Okay, you can't think that. Did I throw that in there? Did I just say that? <laughs> <You did. laughs> Were they weird back then? No, they weren't weird back then. They weren't? Weird Are we now. sure about that? I'm not sure. I am. I'm sure that they were. Weird back then? Yeah. I'll show you things that make me think that. <laughs> I'm serious. Anyway, I don't even remember the name of that company, but I'll never spend another dime with them. So there. Um, the Waterfowl Expo in Wisconsin was a success. That was phenomenal. We sold the heck out of calls. We sold the heck out of cookbooks and rubs. You kept texting me every five minutes. Covey sold out. Fowl sold out. And it's a lot to do with people tasting it. Um, and then, obviously, the merch was great. The team was great. The Dick And Dickies. Thank you, Dickies. The shirts looked amazing. The work shirts all patched up. You guys had the patches on there for the provider and Benelli, the Fowl Life, um, Dickies, Workwear. Thank you so much for being a partner of ours and sending the clothing up for the Wisconsin crew. As I say that, I'm looking at a box, an overflowing box of Dickie. And then you, have, you a stole Dickie a shirt, shirt right now, which you're about to take back off before you get B.O. There's on it. There's two of them. You're from Wisconsin. I take it off. I just took a shower. Jack, you better get control of your boy. <laughs> I ain't going to play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Those Dickie shirts they made for the expo, though, were so cool. I wear that thing. So they shipped them up to Arkansas. And then my partner, Chris Cifrio and Jargon, 
and his wife Ashley have that patch shop. Their friend owns okay. it, that in a big embroidery shop, and she just makes killer patches. So we've we've we she's made us some great jargon beanies, and I love patches. Yeah, I do like too. on that shirt that you're wearing when you take it off, I'm putting a GNR patch on there that my buddy Brad Forsyth just got me. That'd be cool. You know, it's gonna be awesome. I don't Best, know what I'm gonna do with mine yet. How good is that gonna look when I cut the sleeves off? Oh man. <laughs> Uh, Why you cut the sleeves off everything? Because I want to look like Adam Sandler in freaking in uh when in Big Daddy when he goes back to school and he's got the Trans Am when he finally gets to high school. Yeah. So the 2022 Wisconsin Waterfowl Expo was a huge success. Thank you. Who put it on? Is it is it the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association? Is that yeah, a thing? Yeah, the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association. The WWA. Mark Kakich. And Kakich, uh, he loves the Mega Four Duck Call. You said. He says it's the best call he's ever bought. It is the best duck call ever made. I mean, here's here's a guy who's been hunting his whole life. I mean, he's my he's 50 years old. He's been hunting since he was a kid in Wisconsin, the Horicon Marsh, uh, with his dad and his grandpa. And he blew that call, and he's he said that is the one call, the only call you need the rest of your life. That that those were his words for it. I was talking with a buddy of mine last night, a singer for one of the greatest bands in America right now, Whiskey Myers. God, I'm opinionated today, but it's just the facts. What do you um, mean today? Jack laughed at that. What do you, <laughs> it's not opinionated, he's opinionated when it's the today, facts. Jack. What'd you say, Jack? That's funny. It's, it's, it's opinionated, but it's facts. But it's the facts. <laughs> I'm going to write a book called that Opinionated, but the, it's the facts. He told me the chit chat he loves, and he wants the megaphone, but he loves the chit chat because of how quiet you can get on it. All the ducks you can get out of these jargon calls. Jargon, the specialized vocabulary amongst a group of people. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jargon Game Calls. JargonGameCalls.com. Check out our entire line of acrylic, hand-tuned, polished, engraved, single-read duck calls. We even have a little read-and-a-half double-read, the icebreaker. Two brand-new short-read Canada Goose calls that perform just unbelievable today in New York. The Wrecking Ball which is, in my opinion, another opinionated fact, the best goose call ever made. The Crazy Train, amazing. A little bit longer than the Wrecking Ball, but it is a hammer. Just look up Dave Nelson, at Captain Nelly on Instagram, or just check out the Foul Life Instagram. We're continuously posting him and Jargon Game Calls Instagram. Dave Nelson, he absolutely runs the living piss out of a wrecking ball and a crazy train you can get those right now and we introduced our entire turkey line last year and the man you're listening to today joel clayfish as actually responsible for naming it the fan favorite series how cool is that the fan favorite that's a cool name and we got the diaphragm calls we got the box calls we have the slate calls the pot calls it's going to be a fun spring 2023 joel's actually getting ready to go out and try to call in a turkey in the fall the Wisconsin fall season, huh, Joel? I love turkey hunting in the fall. I love it. You know why? Because very few people are doing it, and I think it's a an area that's just going to boom once people realize how fun it is. You can get an entire Spanish armada of turkeys on your decoys in the fall. I told you, folks, he's crazy. 
I'm telling you, Most man. people that have a brain are duck and goose hunting well, yes, in the fall. I'm doing that every day too, but you got to have something to do in the afternoon. Mm, I think it's more spot and stock when you're hunting turkeys in the fall. Nope. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> they come to decoys in the fall just as well. In Wisconsin, uh, we can kill hens in the fall also. Um, keep their populations in check, which is important. And they're I don't want to kill delicious. Hen, but you got to. They do taste good. You get you a got, bearded. You got, you got a bearded hen. Oh sure. That's what we named I've one of our calls after, huh? Hens. I love the yeah. Huh? Uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Annie. Uh, help me out. You tell Annie me. Jones. <laughs> you sent me a the poster of her. Everybody's like, why'd you name it the Annie Jones? I'm like, look it up. Yep. Annie <laughs> Jones was the first bearded lady in the circus yes bearded i bought hen. posters of her i know you sent one to me i love it yeah i hang that poster up uh in the blind when i'm turkey hunting <laughs> that's a cool name for a call but the it's fan favorite series box calls pot calls we got slate and glass we have our diaphragm calls three different models we're excited we're fired up for jargon game calls thank you for being a presenting sponsor of the foul eye podcast we wanted to bring you a recap of the 2022 wisconsin waterfowl fest festival held in august over there in oshkosh we love wisconsin thank you joel thank you dave thank you cara thank you eli thank you the entire team who am i missing you want to name them ian uh, i said eli i meant ian i'm yeah, sorry ian. ian kittrell tyler degner julian young cara michaud jay kimberly Cal, Hadia, Dave Nelson. It was fantastic. They all kicked butt, man. It was great. You guys rocked it. Thank you all so much. And also, thank you for the downloads and subscriptions of the Foul Life Podcast and all of our sister podcasts. This Life Ain't For Everybody, Where the Payment Ends, 40 Years of Freedom, and Anna V's American Wing Shooting. Check them all out right now on This Life Ain't For Everybody, Family of Podcasts. Got big news coming with all of our all of our series we're fired up and we got news coming on a brand new series we're going to be launching that's going to be powerhouse packed i'm chad belding for joel clayfish this has been another episode of the foul life podcast again today's presenting sponsors dickie's workwear jargon game calls and the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association. Check out Joel's podcast, the Foul Life Midwest series. We're airing it all the time right here on the Foul Life platforms. He does a great job with guests from all over the great state of Wisconsin, from Green Bay to Madison to Oshkosh to Milwaukee and all of the little towns, the farm towns. Great people up in Wisconsin. Great waterfowl hunting. Unbelievable place to visit. Can't wait to get back there. Thank you for listening to another episode right here at the Foul Life Podcast. Check out the song, My Foul Life, 2 a.m. Logic.